the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Cappy. On today's program, World Vision in Pittsburgh, one of Pittsburgh's best-kept secrets. Our guest is Jeff Field, Site Manager of World Vision's Global Distribution Center. Also this hour, the President and Iran. Our guest is David French, Senior Writer for National Review. And we talk about the study which reveals flashy weddings increase divorce risk. And now here are the two who will live happily ever after, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I do. Very, very nice. I do as well. Hey, thanks for coming so we, along. Don't. Isn't there anybody take our picture or anything? No, nothing. there's nothing. No. All right, fine. Nope. Mike's here. See the witness? Mike is here. You can only officiate with one good arm. That's so sad. Uh, greetings to you, John. Thank you. And to you as well. Mike, uh, injury update, please. Uh, really, really sore today. Oh. Really sore. sore. Today, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I expected that on the third day. Oh, yeah. Did, what, is, is that just like uh, something we're all supposed to know? Is it well, like... I, I mean... I don't know. My coach has always told me once you work out, you know, the second and third day, yeah. third day is always the worst day as far as soreness. But this is not a workout. This, this is, is a workout. This well, is an injury. It's an injury, but I don't uh, know. Okay. All right. Well, you look good in that. Uh, you know, you, it kind of looks like a um, a dashing 007 injury, mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. it? You need a, bl- a tuxedo with that. Yeah, but if it was a 007 injury, it would be like fake. And he would be using it to, to you know, to right. give off an impression of weakness when actually he was about to take over the place. Right. However, when you see Mike put on his headphones, you realize it is weakness. There's no <laughs> yeah, impression Yeah, the difference is this actually is weakness. Exactly. Right. Is, yes, right. Is, I'll take that as a compliment. Very much so. <laughs> okay. So, hey, listen, a, a big news today, um, North Korea and uh, Iran as well. But uh, North Korea especially, this is shocking what's happening, isn't it? I mean – It is. I mean – I. I I don't. You have to give credit to the Trump administration no, for this. No, this you is re- outstanding. You really, I mean, we. I mean, we're all rejoicing that three Americans have been freed from North Korea, um, but it just. It seems like there's a lot of movement, and, and I'm not saying it's going to become negotiation. I hope it does, but at least there is communication. Look, when you consider in January, North Korea was saying we will put nuclear missile warheads on uh, rockets and send them to the United States. Then we're a lot further than we were. Right. Who knows what that looks like? I'm, but I'm, I'm happy for it. Okay. So really today, really good, big news that today three Americans were released and are headed back to the United States. Uh, all of them apparently have North Korean lineage in with them. Right. But um, I can't help not thinking about uh, Otto Warmbier. Yeah. Who and his family. Now, Otto Warmbier, he was a student who was arrested in March of uh, 2016 for stealing... It was like a school uh, a prank, it was, a propaganda poster from his hotel room. And uh, he was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. He was finally sent back to the United States last year. After a year and a half of Essentially, being he was brain dead and tortured while he was in North Korea. And uh, shortly after his return here to the United States, he died. So 
that, that very horrific treatment of an American, and now the good news is that three Americans have been released. Mm-hmm. Three Americans who, uh, like I said, uh, have connections in many ways to the North Korean homeland. And we, we're not exactly sure how any of them ended up arrested. I mean, we, we know when it happened, but we're not exactly sure the particulars of how those arrests occurred. Right. Now, what's interesting is when you think about North Korea, often you think, well, there's there's no Americans there. Or, yeah, that's not true. Right. But there seems to be a number of Americans. Right. So two of the men who were released today, Tony Kim and Kim Hak Song, uh, both taught at the Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. They Are, both worked there. And I, because they were North, North Korean at some point? Well, one of them is married to a North Korean woman who's still in North Korea. Um. So I, I'm not I don't and I don't remember which gentleman that is who has a, a wife who's currently in, uh, still in the country. But Tony Kim was an accountant. Kim Ok Sung was an agriculture development officer, and he mm-hmm. worked at a research center. So they both worked together. There's no evidence that we can find that says why both of them were arrested and if one's arrest had to do with the other, but it seems odd that they were both working at the Pyongyang University of Science and Technology and they were both arrested. One's in his 50s. Tony Kim, I couldn't find any information about how old he was Mm -hmm. or how old he is, I'm happy to say. Um, But then the third guy, this is an even stranger story, Kim Dong-chul, he's 62 years old. Now, before he was tried, he went on uh, the news and apologized mm-hmm. for what he called attempt the attempted theft of military secrets in collusion with South Korea. Right. So he admitted, or he said he did it before he was even tried. Take that with a grain of salt. But you know, I mean, he. It seems to me like a situation where you're going to read this on television. Of course. And this is what happened. In the hopes that things turn out better for you than where you currently right. and he, are. He worked in the hotel industry, mm-hmm. right at the um, at the collision of where China, North Korea, and South Korea meet. Right. So uh, even though it's good news, I mean, this is excellent news that three Americans have it's been released news. on their way back. You would have to question – why someone would put themselves and their families in, in danger, right? right. Uh, and I, like you're saying, Kath, any number of people are working and living in North Korea when we consider it the darkest country in the world. Mm-hmm. So anyway, good news. They'll be back apparently in the United States around 2 a.m. And President Trump is expected to meet the plane. Good. He should be. Yeah, it's going to take He this. should. That's wonder- it's absolutely wonderful news. Very, very so good, good news. for them. Mm-hmm. I also have great news. What? It's Nanny's birthday. Hey, it is Nanny's birthday. Yeah. Your mom. Yeah. She, uh, Nan. yeah, she's, uh, celebrating. Can we say that? Do I say the number? I think you do. I'm going to say the number. Go. 86. 86. Go, Nan. Do it, Nanny. I mean, now, uh-huh. here's, now this is what's tricky is you know what I'm going to say tomorrow on tomorrow's show? Hmm. I'm going to say happy birthday, Nan. Oh, I, no, I know the story. It's a curious story. It is, yeah. So Nan's a twin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Aunt D and Nan, of course, born very close in time, four <laughs> minutes apart, I think four is what minutes. it was. Okay. But, on opposite sides of midnight. Really? So they're twins. Oh, do- Wait, that's my birthday song. No, it's not just it's your birthday, birthday song. Now it's everybody's birthday song. All right. Does that make it less special? No, it doesn't. Because okay. it's Solomon Burke. Okay. So he can sing for everybody. Sure, sure. Okay, so Nan, so Nan one of the twins. Is, is the second twin. She's, she's the baby of the group, right? So she actually was born tomorrow. 
But she's celebrating her birthday today? Well, when they were growing up, because they were twins, everybody wanted them to celebrate their birthday on the same day. Because they're twins. You tend to think really, that you'd have the really? same birthday. They would like to sort of spread that birthday celebration out. So anyway, so she grew up celebrating today as her birthday, but in actuality... It's tomorrow. tomorrow. So I'm just going to wish her happy birthday both days. I agree. And yeah. to Aunt Dee as well. Excellent. And both still thriving? Both still thriving. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a big blowout party tomorrow. Are they? Mm-hmm. They are. What's a big blowout party look like? Is that um, for you? Are you it's gonna, usually you a meeting at Eaton Park. That's not really a big blowout. Speak for yourself. I mean... What do you mean that's not a big I mean, blowout? You know, I'm expecting something a little more hoity-toity. I don't think they're expecting anything no. more hoity-toity because you know okay. what? They're satisfied and happy at Eaton Park, <laughs> as are many of us. Right, Mike? Okay, that's fine. They have the best pies in Pittsburgh. Oh, Thank please, you, Mike. Not, yes, they do. Yes, they do. There, lemon please. meringue. Bring it up. But Annie can't have lemon meringue pie because she's gluten-free. Mm, mm-hmm. But Eaton Park has a nice gluten-free bun. Amazing she bun. Herself up. <laughs> she's going to have a bun for her birthday. <laughs> oh, I mean, there are other things, too. Man. But I mean, she's going to... Do it, man. That's crazy. You better settle down. I mean, 86 years, you're not a pack of wallop. Holy smokes, lady. You got a birthday bun. I did see today for lunch, uh, my father made her a cocktail. Nice. Mm -hmm. They started drinking at noon. There was a a photograph of it I received. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, To be honest with you, I'm hoping it was lunch. It could have been breakfast for all I know. (laughs) What's the kind of cocktail? What are they drinking? I don't know. It looked very, it looked exotic. Very nice. Yes, I'll have to, I'll pull up a photograph and show it to you, John. All right. Well, Nanny, good job. Yeah, very nice. Go, Nan. Okay, we got a good show for you, Head. You heard the little preview there. Are we going to move on? I feel like we should move on. I feel like we should talk about the best kept secret in Pittsburgh. The best kept, yes. The World Vision Worldwide Distribution Warehouse. I've been there. Have you been there? I have been there more than several times. Oh, who are you showing off now? You've been there more times than I've been there. Jeff Fields joins us next. 101.5 WORD. On the next Focus on the Family, you may be facing or will face what you consider to be an unthinkable circumstance. Well, the unthinkable happened to Carol Kent when her son was arrested and imprisoned. Her testimony will help you trust God even in the most challenging of seasons. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Let's be real. If your big Mother's Day surprise consists of one well-crafted text message, you need to go back to the drawing board ASAP. Moms deserve more than just emojis. Do it right this year and celebrate mom with this special limited-time offer from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com will give you 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99. Now that's an offer that mom would approve of. With a bright and beautiful mix of premium roses and a rainbow of colors, these blooms are guaranteed to make her smile. Multicolored roses are the perfect way to surprise all of the moms in your life. Your wife, your aunt, sister, grandma, don't put this off. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com. To order 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter the code Prager. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code Prager. Hurry, this offer expires Thursday. Hello, everybody. I'm Tunch Elkin, and I'd like to invite you to join me, head coach Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Leon Scrum from Atlanta, and Ed Glover of Urban Impact for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 9th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Come experience fellowship, prayer, worship while hearing powerful messages and attend breakout sessions, all designed for us to up our games as godly men and mentors. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. It's been called, and I think appropriately, one of the best-kept secrets in the city of Pittsburgh. We're talking about world vision. And when you think about world vision, you know, the worldwide reach, obviously, it's surprising that one of the distribution centers are here right in the city of Pittsburgh. Here to talk to us about that is Jeff Fields, who's the site manager for World Vision, and Sherry Funk. Sherry's one of the all-star volunteers for World Vision. And uh, Jeff and Sherry, welcome to the show. Good to see you both. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. All right. So, Jeff, um, let's get rid of the secret thing. And let's tell everybody what World Vision does here in Pittsburgh. We are a Christian humanitarian organization. We're dedicated to helping those in need, trying to tackle poverty uh, at the root cause. Yes. And so we work a lot at this distribution center with gifts and kind, which is product and kind. So we work with a lot of different corporations. We work with sports teams that will have product that they can give. And then we process it. And a lot of it does go overseas. We work in 100 countries. And that is determined by the donor. So where we can, we will keep product domestically as well. But a lot of the donors, as you can imagine, they don't want that product to affect the markets here. So they'll gladly donate, but their stipulation to us is it must go overseas. To add value to that, we work with a lot of great volunteers to help us pack that, and we do a seasonal size and gender sort so that we're sending product that's going to be used to the fullest. We won't want you know a heavy Coke onto an area that is warm or a size 14 shoe going where maybe a size 9 is big. So that's where the volunteers come into play do a lot of handling. Sometimes we have to do tag removals, different things like that that the donor might require. So it's so key for us to have volunteers to help us with that so that we can serve more people and get that product into the hands who really need it. I see. So Worldwide Distribution Center, how many distribution centers are there? We are the only global distribution really? center. Yeah, so that is what's unique. And um, we have seven different sites in the U.S. that serve the area, the local areas. But we are the only global distribution center. So the majority of our product does go internationally out of that facility. But we hold about 4,000 pallets of product there. So we have live shipping containers loaded weekly, uh, usually three to four a week. So almost daily, a container will leave that site packed full of a variety of goods and will go overseas uh, into some of the most needed areas that you can imagine overseas. So then track this for us. A container filled with supplies, X supplies, makes its way by a truck to a shipping facility somewhere, somewhere on the East Coast, I imagine. Yes. So normally what will happen, we'll set up the container. It'll come in. We'll load it with what we call a mixed load. So there will be a variety in there. Most times there's shoes, clothing, personal care, school supplies, toys, some medical supplies, soft good type medical. I see. Most of the containers that we ship go out of Baltimore. So they'll drive up with an empty container from Baltimore. We live load that while the driver is waiting. Goes to Baltimore, hits the port, gets on the boat, goes over to the country. Our staff 
in-country will receive that through customs, and we work with all our own staff in those countries, most indigenous of that country. Uh, and then it will be distributed to those that need it the most, and they have to be pre-qualified. And we distribute on a per-household-needed level. So in other words, we're not going to give a case of shirts to a family. Mm-hmm. And we do that to make sure the donors know that it's not going to be back on eBay or used in a way that it shouldn't be. So we have a lot of checks and balances that make us somewhat unique. There's a lot of great organizations doing similar work, but we're one of the few that can say we take it from the start to the finish to the recipient with, without it getting into anyone else's hands. I see. So for the hundreds of countries around the world where World Vision has a presence, how is the ask made and then who determines what order the ask is sent out in? Yeah, good good question. Um, we have staff in our Federal Way office who handle that. So we have three different staff who know the countries well. Mo- a couple of them are indigenous to the country. So we have a guy that came over from Burundi, and he works in that area. So he will work with those in-country staff, and they have their wish list. And then we build that truck hmm. to their wish list as close as we can. We present that load list to them. They approve it, and if, if maybe there's too many clothes, they may say, hey, can you take two pallets of clothes off, add two shoes, whatever. They, they have a chance to look at that and approve it. So when they receive that, they know exactly what's going to be on that truck. They know they're going to use it to the fullest. And then they go out into the communities uh, where we have presence, and then they distribute it to those in need in those communities. So it's very, very detailed. Yeah, and so I'm sure this is you know just um, a, a ballpark figure, but from the time that the request is made and the time the goods are delivered, what do you think? How long uh africa for example it's usually about a 10 to 12 week it's about six to eight on water and then depending uh, how landlocked it is uh you know if, if the country we're serving is right near the port pretty quick but if it's landlocked and then as you can imagine if it's really mm-hmm. in the middle through some tough areas it could it could be even longer to get some of the trucks to the the places that are in need of the product. I see. Yeah. Let's talk to Sherry. Sherry, you've been supporting World Vision a long time, and now you're, you said you feel like you live there. <laughs> well, it's almost 40 years since I first saw a TV commercial about child sponsorship. Wow. I was headed to my first real job, and when I said, once I got that real paycheck, I said, I guess I can afford $15 a month Good to support you. a child in need. And that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. And for years, my husband and I just supported a couple of kids, really didn't know much more about World Vision until we moved to Swickley. And one day, I just happened to see that little World Vision orange sign on Deer Run Road. And I said, huh, they have a World Vision office here? Drove up, met Laura Kennedy, who is the wonderful volunteer coordinator over there, has been there for 25 years. And turns out the distribution center is just around the corner, really, from our home. And so as our kids grew up, we went with school groups. We went with church mm-hmm. groups. We went all kinds of groups. I took my tennis friends up there one time just to <laughs> help pack those boxes that yeah. Jeff was talking about. And it really opened our eyes to the, the scope of what World Vision does. It's so much more than child sponsorship. Right. And then we got more and more into it and discovered it's so much more even than this kind of thing clothing and supplies in terms of water you would not believe what world vision they are the leader of uh, dis, uh provision of clean water now in the world every 10 seconds someone is getting clean water at the hand of world vision staff wow. mm-hmm. and we're pretty we're pretty pumped about water actually no pun intended <laughs> and so much so so that you've made world vision part of your travel itinerary as well haven't you? you've traveled with world vision absolutely talk about in that in fact that's that's a life-changing experience our first trip was in 2015 
And we were blessed to see water turned on for the very first time in a little community in Ethiopia. Mm. Little kids dust covering their faces, cupping their hands, and washing and drinking from this clean, cold water. There is nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing that compares with that experience. Wonderful. I'm telling you. And so we were so inspired by that project that we saw had been funded by some friends of ours. We said, do you have any more like that? And sure enough, they did. (laughs) So for a couple more years, we helped to gather friends and family to fund another one of these kind of pipeline projects. And got to see that one in action this year in January. So we've been twice for water, a couple more times for other things. I'm beginning to like Africa quite a bit. <laughs> Very good. So what's interesting, the, the, the two of you from different places in this, in this city, you come together with one thing in mind, which is to provide sustenance, food, clothing, water, education, all that for children around the world in Jesus' name. So, and Jeff, you know, you essentially, you've come from a different career and started a second career at World Vision. Tell us about that as well. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in the area here. I uh, went to school at Quaker Valley, lived over by Ambridge and now across from Ambridge and South Heights. So I've been here my whole life, my parents' whole life, their parents. So mm-hmm. a lot of deep ties here, you know, yins are through and through. Sure. And uh, so... Um, Started out with warehousing and, and management down in Ambridge in an old steel mill that, that went out of business, and we were doing distribution out of there. And the owner was friends with a fellow named Dick Johnson who had this envision to get involved with Gifts and Kind. And so they started talking through Pittsburgh leadership, and they got together with uh, him and Reed Carpenter, who probably a lot of people know. Sure. Uh, and they, they went to World Vision, and they approached them about doing this in 1989. And they came to us to help them with the distribution part, because they weren't doing Gifts and Kind at all at that point. They were doing the child sponsorship and a lot of other great work, but they weren't doing Gifts and Kind. And Dick had this idea of, wow, there's so much being wasted. You know, There's just so, so much that's being put in landfills. We've got we to solve for it. There's people need it. And so they came down, and we really helped them get that going in 89. Nice. They stayed down there till 93 and kind of outgrew that facility and purchased the building where they're at now. At that time, I was still very content in doing what I was doing. 99, Dick gave me a call and said, hey, we're looking for a warehouse manager. Do you know anybody that's interested? You're working in that circle. And I said, we need to talk. So I went and talked to him. Started as warehouse manager, took on logistics for a couple of years. Then I got the opportunity to take on a corporate role. I had the blessing of working with uh, great companies like Hasbro and Columbia Sportswear and, nice. and a lot of the sports teams. We get a lot of the runner-up shirts. We're not supposed to say loser shirts, but mm-hmm. we get the pre-printed shirts from both teams. And so uh, I got to travel, uh, like Sherry was saying, um, been to Africa multiple times and saw some of the work there and just continue to you know get on fire about uh, trying to help and uh, one thing we've done too recently is we've upped our help in the area the Pittsburgh area so we are starting to work with some of the great organizations around this area Light of Life and uh, uh, Urban Impact Blessing Board Teacher Education Partnership nice. and we're putting product more and more now into the Pittsburgh area as well I so see. that's been really really great for we me we benefit here locally as well yes exactly so that's been yeah, it's been awesome to be great. part of so at the core of what's happening at the distribution center is uh, like Sherry there's these volunteers who show up day after day after day and to support the volunteer effort of course there's fundraising and different events that go along so let's talk about a few of those Sherry I, I know there's something that's coming up the water blitz can you speak to that yes we have decided that Pittsburgh needs to know more about world vision and so we're blitzing the city for water this coming May 17th to 20th there's going to be a huge dinner on Friday a kit build over at the distribution center Jeff's going to be leading it we're going to build a thousand 
hygiene kits that will mm. be distributed here in, in Pittsburgh. On Saturday, there's a 6K run up at North Park. People can register for that, and the, the registration fee gives water, gives clean water to one person in Kenya. It's very personal. The child pictured on the bib that you receive is the one getting the water. Nothing like it, folks. And you can actually sponsor that child later if you choose. Then on Sunday, there's a golf clinic with star Betsy King as well as Carol Sample Thompson, who's a local legend. I think many people know her. Mm-hmm. Yep. They ha- they've played together. They're friends. And they're going to do a golf clinic at Diamond Run. So it's wonderful to have that opportunity as well. And it's all centered on raising money for this village in Africa for water. I see. Andrew raised the banner for World Vision Awareness Absolutely. here in the city of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Outstanding. Well, thanks for being here, you guys, yeah, for making the great. trip well, in well, and seeing us face-to-face. Right. Hey, so if people delightful. are interested and they want to be part of this, they can go online, yeah? Yep, you go online. Um, so two ways. You can go on worldvision.org backslash 2018 Water Blitz, and that will get you to all the water things going on next weekend. And then if they would just want to come to volunteer, I shouldn't say just because it's so important, but yeah. if they want to come volunteer, go worldvision.org. Click the Get Involved and follow the couple little prompts there, and that will get you to Laura Kennedy or Jonathan D'Amico's information. We have volunteer opportunities throughout the week and throughout Saturdays during the school year. Don't You don't have to have a large group, small group, large groups we can do too, business, whatever. We, we love to have the volunteers come in get people involved. John and I have both done it. Yep. Not together, though, at different times. Because we, we wanted so time alone, I yeah, think, is sure. why we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Field, Sherry Fun Thanks from World here, Vision. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you, guys. Stay Appreciate it. The nation's largest Christian music festival, Creation Northeast, celebrating its 40th anniversary, returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, June 27th through the 30th, featuring Toby Mack, For King and Country, Jeremy Camp, Bethel Music, Mandisa, Hillsong Young and Free, Jordan Feliz, a special reunion of classic Petra and more. Plus speakers Tony Nolan, Reed Saunders, Keith Adamson, Abdu Murray, Vince Vitale, and more. Four jam-packed days of music, as well as inspiring worship and teaching on our new worship stage, where the Word of God is shared in spirit and in truth. Plus children's entertainment, candle lighting service, camping under the stars, and more. Join thousands of believers at Creation Northeast, with over 75 bands and speakers. June 27th through the 30th. Tickets and more available online at creationfest.com. Don't miss out on Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer, maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Right now at CVS Pharmacy, you can earn up to 50 extra bucks rewards each year just for filling prescriptions. Which means the medicines you take to stay healthy might also do a little something for the health of your wallet. So visit your local CVS Pharmacy to sign up and start earning up to 50 extra bucks rewards on prescriptions. 
Terms and conditions apply. Not valid on all prescriptions, including those purchased in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Other state restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash pharmacy rewards or the pharmacy for details. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Skies will be becoming mostly cloudy tonight. It'll be rather mild with a shower, thunderstorm in some spots. Late tonight, the low 62. Rather cloudy tomorrow, breezy and not as warm with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. 73. Clearing skies and cooler tomorrow night. Low 52, then a mix of sun and clouds for Friday with a high of 72 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. great song isn't it i love that song my my mother-in-law uh her first husband passed away and she ended up marrying a guy who literally changed my life but on the way to that wedding we were all together in this big vehicle and we the whole family broke out into that song and we sang that song in harmony <laughs> oh that's again sweet. and again and that's again. sweet yeah so i love, I that, love song. that i love that well now here's the thing if you're going to focus too much on the wedding then maybe that means you're not focusing enough on the marriage. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people do, right? The wedding is everything. It's paramount. Yes. And I think it's getting weirder with social media and and Pinterest and everything. I mean, in some ways, maybe it's getting better, but it just seems like, you know, with the advent of destination weddings, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm not going to get married here, like... Uh, Eric and I are going to get married, and we're going to get married in Cancun, and so you all can come. Who does that? To Cancun, tons and, of people are doing that but now. But then you got to buy, like you know, an airfare, right. hotel, yes. a gift. Yes, that's a lot, isn't it? That's way too much. So you, I think it's unfortunate for the people who are invited to the wedding. So you two aren't coming. I'm not. No, mm-hmm. why are you getting remarried? <laughs> Cancun, <laughs> count me in. No, no. First do of all, not like, count Eric, me can you imagine Eric? Can you imagine my Eric? I can't get Eric to like get you know a, a new suit. Can you imagine him going to Cancun and inviting no. all his best friends? No, that would never no, happen. No, that's not going to no. happen. Okay. I'm saying this because uh, ABC News out of San Francisco um, reveals this. Um, a research firm, Splendid Insights, did a survey and found that couples that spend more than $30,000 on their wedding mm-hmm, were more likely to worry about impressing their guests compared to couples who spent under ten grand. Okay. Okay. Now, this is more interesting that there's an academic study that was done a couple years ago of American marriages that found the couples who planned a pricey wedding were more likely to get divorced. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is that? 
Well, I don't know. It didn't give reasons. It just said that those were the data points. So if you combine the two, the the research from Splendid Insights talked about people who spend more than 30K are more concerned about impressing their guests. That makes sense, right? If you spend $30,000 on your wedding, maybe impressing your guests is going to be kind of a big part of why you're doing that and spending all of that. Versus if you spend less than 10 grand, you don't really care about impressing people. You just kind of wanted to have a big party. Yeah. Any idea what you spend on your wedding? Um, How big was your wedding? I had 170 people. That's a big wedding. Yeah, it was a big wedding. Um, and I did not pay for my wedding. Yeah. My parents paid for so, my okay. wedding. So, so I, 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 I'm sorry, I don't know. Mike, how many were at your wedding? 150. Oh, that's a big wedding as well. Okay. We did like uh, 90 people at our wedding. Okay. Um, and my wife and I did the entire wedding ourselves. And we portioned it out because you know everybody, right? You get married. So friends of ours, uh, they were they catered for us, that whole thing. We spent less than uh, $8,000 okay. for our wedding. And it was a great and that was 20 years ago? 22 years. 20, 20, going on 22. Okay. When we go to a wedding right now, and I don't know if you guys do this, every time we go to a wedding, my wife and I look at each other and go, our wedding was better. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. We always funny. feel good about it. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. That's really... I did... Uh, let's see. The last wedding, I think I had a lot of involvement. It was my niece's wedding. And that was 10 or 11... I was 11 years ago. Did you run that wedding? Were I didn't. Wedding I didn't. Ru- no, I didn't run it. I just did a lot with the reception okay. of the wedding, not the, um, not the, not the service itself. But the, um, the, what they decided, they spent less than eight thousand on their wedding, also. Nice. nice. Um, and they did a thing where you just, you know, rent a room, and then you have to do whatever you want to do in the room. You know what I mean? So you yeah. pay for oh, everything in there. Sure, it's sure, not sure, like sure, a yeah. one-stop shop right. type of thing. Listen, I was at the uh, Frick Art Museum on uh, Friday night. Gorgeous. We saw the uh, Picasso, Mon- Monet. Uh, yeah, the Degas thing. I'm, yeah. like, I'm jealous about that. So we're walking around afterwards looking at the Frick Art Museum, and there's a little theater there. This gorgeous old theater. Mm. It's tiny. I bet it seats maybe 150 people. These sort of peach seat velvet covers. I walked up, and I didn't go on the stage. It was a little tiny. Looked at this lighting, looked at the wings. I was talking about that. And then Monday, Mike and I were talking about the. Uh, he said, Oh, you know what? I got married in that theater. What? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's, that place is gorgeous. Oh, it's a fabulous place for Absolutely a wedding. Absolutely gorgeous. Great place. Walking around and the uh, the, per- the person that was giving us the tour, she was like, oh, you guys can get married outside and, yeah. or you can get married in, in, in this venue here. And then I just stumbled I just stumbled upon that theater and my wife- It's perfect. That's, that was her dream. Yeah. I, well, that's what I said. I said perfect. to my wife, hey, you know, theater people should get married in this theater. Yeah. And there you guys are. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic! Cool. Did you did you have a better wedding than John and Rhonda, Mike? No, no way, absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. <laughs> He's already. Okay, thank you. No, that's, that. that's very smart to acquiesce <laughs> in that regard. Okay, so the bottom line is, don't spend a lot on your wedding. Do not pay stay more married. attention to your marriage, right? WORD. What if God presented you with a choice to make? Do you want to be successful in your career or do you want to be his servant? How would you answer? Well, sometimes believers fall into the belief that they should use their personal ambitions to accomplish something for Christ. But what God really wants more than anything else is for us to be his servant. The book of 2 Corinthians has many more such insights. So I hope that you can join us this week on Through the Bible Radio with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Yep, traffic. It is what it is. Installed cars on the Kennedy Express.
Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out, Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. Individual results may vary. He wasn't developing relationships with other children. He's mainly played by himself. I couldn't find anybody to help me. We did the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the neurologist and all the different ologists trying to find something that worked for him. School really wanted him medicated. I knew that Brooke could connect the dots, so to speak, because there was something just disconnected for her. Something Brain Balance did for me was help me understand why Louie was the way he was. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. At school, the teachers can't believe the change that has come about. Now he has a voice, whereas before he didn't have one. So for that, we're so grateful to Brain Balance. It's just been amazing what Brain Balance has done for her. It's a totally different life. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. Hello, everybody. I'm Tunch Elkin, and I'd like to invite you to join me, head coach Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Leon Scrum from Atlanta, and Ed Glover of Urban Impact for Man Up Pittsburgh on Saturday, June 9th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Come experience fellowship, prayer, worship while hearing powerful messages and attend breakout sessions, all designed for us to up our games as godly men and mentors. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. Hey, welcome back. Big news diplomatically today. This is one of those high watermarks. Of course, you've been following along. You hear about the Iran deal that uh, President Trump uh, has been talking about for a long time, finally pulled the trigger. Here to talk to us about that is David French. David's a senior writer for the National Review, a senior fellow at the National Review Institute. David, welcome back. How are you, sir? Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. David, David. always good to hear from you. Okay, David, when I heard this was going to be rescinded, which, of course, I I think we all suspected, I was thrilled. Um, What your article points out today, though, is let's not get carried away because this first step, that's the easy part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, you know, what we have to understand is there's there's two phases that go along with the strategy change. One is forsaking the old strategy, which I'm very happy uh, about and and I think is necessary, 
but then you got to replace, you can't replace something with nothing. So you got to replace something with something better. And that's what I talked about in my piece today. And, and we cannot, we can't fool ourselves and we can't say that it is easy to find something better. Right. So the Middle East has confounded presidents from both parties for two generations. <laughs> so, you know, and there's been better, good and bad policies and bad and good decisions. Uh, so what I tried to lay out was sort of three simple ways to think about uh, our Iran policy going forward. I see. So, David, before we go forward, would you go back for a little minute and talk about this? Because this deal, so to speak, was put in place by the Obama administration. What were the particulars? Can you tell our audience that? Yeah. So it, it was a very interesting deal in the sense that what it essentially did was say, okay, our goal is to stop Iran from getting a bomb or from getting a bomb anytime soon, and to facilitate that one single goal, we're willing to agree to strengthen Iran in many other ways. And so essentially what it said was, if Iran agrees to forsake its current nuclear program for a time being, for a time period, not, you know, not forever, but for a time period, then uh, we're going to freeze up there. We're going to we're going to really allow Iran access to assets that it hasn't uh, had for some time, access to for some time. We're going to eventually allow Iran access to international arms markets. We're going to allow uh, ease sanctions on Iran. That there's a number of things that we're going to do that are going to strengthen Iran's economy, strengthen its military, strengthen its ability to export terror. And so, in other words, we took an enemy and we made the enemy stronger in exchange for promises that were not easily enforceable or verifiable that right. that enemy wouldn't develop nuclear weapons. And we also gave them a boatload of money, didn't we? Huge amount of money, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that Iran, Iran was suffering in large part because its economy had been cut off, uh, cut off to a certain degree from the world economy. Um, it had been cut off from, to a certain degree, from world arms markets. It had been cut off from the world in many ways because it was one of the chief exporters of terror in the world. And so what we essentially did is said, no, we're not going to cut off Iran. Iran won't be cut off anymore. We're going to bring it into the community of nations. But we did that not in exchange for a promise not to be an exporter of terror, but we did that in exchange simply for a promise not to develop nuclear weapons for a time. And that strengthened Iran. Mm-hmm. It made the mullahs stronger, and it made them more capable of exporting terror and chaos. And then it also made those who are who are yearning for democratic reform in Iran weaker. Yes, yes. Um, there's a great phrase that uh, um, Iran specialist named Kenneth Pollock has used. He says there's two count two mm-hmm. clocks of yeah, Iranian. Exactly. Uh, there's a countdown clock towards a nuclear weapon, and there's a countdown clock towards democracy. Mm-hmm. And so what the essentially the, the um, Obama administration did is it tried to freeze the countdown clock towards a nuclear weapon, but in so doing, it slowed the countdown clock towards democracy because it made the mullahs so much stronger. Mm-hmm. And so what the goal of the Trump foreign policy should be is to hasten the countdown clock towards democracy, which would change the Iranian regime while doing what it can to freeze the countdown clock towards nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. I see. So while – and here, 
So I think that's the biggest concern I have is that is that our country should um, use all of its uh, power and energy towards supporting democratic reforms, not bringing it ourselves, but encouraging it to happen in Iran on behalf of Iranians by Iranians. Okay, so that's the first thing that I would say. But the second thing is, and I think you know, you mentioned how many presidents have been tripped up by trying to do negotiations in the Middle East. I wonder if, and I know I'm not saying that they go into it with bad motives. I know they go into it with with, with good motives. But I do think there's a temptation that I, I'm going to be the president that's going to fix this. Yes. Yeah, it's the lure of the Nobel right. Prize, mm-hmm. right, the right, lure right. Of, of the legacy. You know, and this is something that goes back a long time. I mean, you know, in, in, in some ways, there is one president who actually did reach a conclu- you know, mm-hmm. reach a deal in the Middle East that has endured and has been incredibly valuable, and that's Jimmy Carter's Camp David Accords. But it's been a long time since then, and and Bill Clinton went for it. He didn't get he didn't get it. Um, George Bush tried to remake the Middle East through a different way. Um, although he accomplished many things, he didn't quite remake the Middle East the way he wanted. Uh, Obama believed that he could remake the region and 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 bring peace to the region. That didn't work out. Uh, and each time you have somebody saying, "This is the way. This is the idea. This is the legacy." And, and I'm not going to say it's all been one record of unmitigated failure. There have been some pretty impressive accomplishments along the way, but there's also been an awful lot of disappointment along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's because the, the, the problems are really beyond the reach of just the United States of America. We cannot, even when we deploy troops in force, wave a magic wand and deal mm-hmm. with right. uh, the underlying issues in the region. I see. From the National Review, we're speaking with David French. So, David, uh, one of the points you talk about is the slow crawl towards democracy with Iran. I mean, what would that even look like? How is that even possible? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to imagine it happening, but yes. it's not as difficult to, for mm-hmm. it to, to imagine it happening as, say, in North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iran is not North Korea. Iran has a history and a legacy of, uh, of, of dissent that North Korea doesn't have. I mean, there has been multiple uprisings in Iranian cities, and just in the last few years there have been um, popular – there's been popular revulsion at the excesses of the jihadist regime. There is a, a tradition there. You know, I have friends who grew up in Tehran in the age of the Shah mm-hmm. and who told me that, you know, when they were Americans living in Iran, that, and that Tehran was one of the most sophisticated cities uh, in the Middle East mm-hmm. and one of the most sophisticated cities in the developing world, period, and one of the safest and most enjoyable places to live. That's Tehran, Iran. And so... Um, there is a history, there is a tradition um, that says that, you know, that there is an, a, a, a strain in a history in the Iranian people where they do want to be, or at least some elements want to be part of that mm-hmm. community of nations again. And so we can't make that happen. We cannot make it happen. But we can help those and provide assistance mm-hmm. to those who do want to make it happen. And let us not forget there was a presidential election that was overturned. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, the Iranian government, and, and what you have to understand is those elections are already, um, uh, Iranian elections are already corrupt in the sense that the mullahs select the candidate. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they're already a bit of a sham. And so, you know, the, the Iranian government is um, controlled by the mullahs. It is 
Um, it is, it, but its its religious ferocity is coming under fire of late. Mm-hmm. Um, you are seeing increasing um, reminders that women, in particular, in some Iranian cities, are getting sick and tired of the restrictions on their lives. Yes. Um, more people are abandoning the veil, for example, and. So it is there, but again, you know, we have to be very careful. Iranian regime change, Iranian revolution has to come from Iranians. Right. Right. If it comes, if it seems coming from outside, right. yes, we have so, learned it's that. a problem. And so, David, what about you? Talk about this about beating Iran on the battlefield, and you talk about not by invading or declaring war, but instead with our allies as well around the region. Yeah, one of the worst aspects of the strengthening of Iran in the in the course of the Obama administration, is that Iran got very busy in multiple places across the Middle East. Um, Iranian forces helped prop up the Assad regime and have contributed to keeping the Assad regime in power. Iranians have infiltrated parts of the Iraqi uh, state. They have gained enormous influence in Iraq. Uh, Iranians have fomented uh, are responsible in, in large part for fomenting the bloody, terrible war in Yemen. And so what you began to see is by the time Trump got into office, this Iran- this ring of Iranian influence, this ring of Iranian power had expanded to the point where you were looking at a very realistic situation where Iranian allied states would stretch from Iran to the Mediterranean, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, where our Saudi allies, and I know they're problematic allies, it's a whole mm-hmm. subject of a whole, it's subject of a whole other conversation. Yes. Um, but they were facing pressure. Um, time and time again, what you were seeing is in this uh, Sunni-Shia civil war, the Iranians were gaining this upper hand and were ascendant. And so, you know, we have gained since 2016, or really since 2014, 2015, American allied forces have pushed back. But what we need to make sure is that Iran does not have a hammerlock on the region like that. That Iranian influence is limited in Iraq that it is it is stopped in Syria, that they can advance no further in Syria, um, that they do not um, that they do not take over Yemen. I mean, and so each one of these places where Iran has gained power, we need to either stop them in their tracks or roll back their power. Right. right. And, you know, the thing that was, I think, perhaps the most frustrating about the original deal that President Obama made is that, it, and you bring this up in your article, that Obama approached that negotiation like America was afraid, was intimidated by Iran, was, you know, apologizing. Yep. That, that was the completely wrong posture. I mean, look at what's happened since. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he approached this. Now, Iran is a country, let's keep in mind, that has killed hundreds of American troops, hundreds of American troops, either directly through its terror operations or indirectly by providing weapons to terrorists who are attacking American troops. It has been pressing at us for a generation, more than a generation, since 1979. It has taken, it is, it has essentially been in an undeclared war against the United States. And yet, it should have more to fear from that conflict right, than right. we do. No doubt. Um, we, we have so much more military power. And yet time and again, it seemed as if Obama went into that negotiation saying, the last thing we want is war. The last thing we want is a military conflict. When the reality is we should be demonstrating to the Iranians that it's the last thing they want <laughs> and that they need to be conceding to us, not us conceding to them. Amen. Right. David, we always appreciate your time with us. Thanks so much for your insight and knowledge of the subject here. Uh, greatly appreciate it. 
Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate Take care, it. David. Pleasure is ours. David French, senior writer for the National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute, is New York Times bestselling author, Rise of ISIS, a threat we can't ignore. David French. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Having debt does put stress on a marriage, on your health. It just starts mounting up, especially with the interest. It just goes up. So I could definitely see there was stress in Lindsay, and that would spill over into our relationship and and how we related to each other. Ben and Lindsay called nonprofit Christian credit counselors to stop the creditor calls, lower their interest rate, and get one monthly payment they could afford. Our situation's definitely improved, and it's such a difference to not borrow to get things and you actually save to get them. It's a liberating feeling. At Christian Credit Counselors, your freedom from debt is their number one priority. On average, their clients become debt-free up to 80% faster. It's definitely freedom. See how much Christian Credit Counselors can save you. Call a personal credit counselor for your free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 800-557-1985. Your journey to financial freedom begins now. Call 800-557-1985 or visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Christian CreditCounselors.org. Call 800-557-1985. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School, 412-242-8886. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product and they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. Well, in some circles, the National Endowment for the Art is often derided. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the work they just, do. Just because sometimes they give money to such avant-garde causes. I mean, I'm thinking yes. musically. Right. I don't. I don't know anything about the fine art world. Um, it's just you know music-wise. But these four organizations that yes. we read about today, I'm excited about. In today's Post Gazette, uh, Marilyn Pitts uh, says this: The National Endowment for the Arts provides grants to four Pittsburgh arts organizations. Carnegie Museum of Art received fifty thousand dollars for the Carnegie International, which we love. It's excellent. The oldest showcase of contemporary art in North America. 
Also, the Frank Radichai Studio for Creative Inquiry at Carnegie Mellon University. This is, I love this, received a $100,000 grant to support as many as 40 artists who are conducting research to develop creative open source software. All right. And uh, on the north side, the new Hazlett Center for the Performing Arts, the old public theater, mm-hmm. $18,000 was given to them by the NEA for the performance series and educational matinees and the Pittsburgh Glass Center in Garfield, which okay. is a wonderful place to go visit, $20,000 to support artist residency programs. Congratulations. So congratulations to all those fine arts organizations here in the city of Pittsburgh. That's wonderful. Hey, 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about uh, Paige Patterson. Mm -hmm. The Southern Baptist Convention with Jonathan Merritt, one of the people who's been leading the charge journalistically. He works for Religion News Service and writes for The Atlantic. We've talked about this just a little bit, but we're going to go and open this up. It's a a whole can of worms that has many, as you might imagine, interesting tendrils. Stick around for that. Five o'clock hour of the ride home here on Word FM. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The woman nominated to lead the CIA said she would not carry out any presidential order she thought was immoral. During tough questioning by a Senate panel, Gina Haspel was asked about President Trump's support for harsh terror interrogation tactics like waterboarding, which took place at a detention site she once ran. I don't believe that torture works. And saying her moral compass is strong would refuse to let CIA officers do anything she found morally objective. I would absolutely uh, not permit it. Haspel faces what's likely to be a close confirmation vote given her past jobs at the agency. And protesters repeatedly interrupted her hearing. Sagar Magani at the White House. Good day on Wall Street as the Dow is up by 182 points. The Nasdaq rose 73. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84 PA on the Saturday before Memorial Day for our annual Farm Heritage Day. During this annual event, two giant tents will hold 20-plus old-time crafters, sharing their wares with you like sheep shearing, wool spinning, quilting, and leather punching. Our old-fashioned chore girls will be churning butter, kneading bread dough, and rolling pie dough, and they'll need lots of helpers, too. Take the tour of our modern milking facility, where you get to try your hand at milking Sally the Tour Cow. The Springhouse Cooks will feature all kinds of fabulous eats inside, too. So come hungry for hot roast beef and gravy, real mashed potatoes, and so much more. Farm Heritage Day at the Springhouse on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, 11 to 4. Let us share a little of our farm with you. Springhousemarket.com or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Here's a quiz. How do you spell Kairos? Kairos. K-Y-R-O-S. No. C-A-I-R. Uh-uh. What, what wasn't it C? No. It was K? Spell Kairos. Kairos. Roast. Oh, roast. Right. K-Y. Uh. C-Y. Uh-uh. C-K. <laughs> no. I give up. <laughs> Kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S meaning supreme moment, or to put it theologically, God's special time. 
It's also the name of a powerful ministry that since the 70s has brought the gospel to hundreds of thousands of inmates and their families. Kairos Prison Ministry trains ordinary believers just like you and me from every denomination to share the redemptive message of Jesus Christ with those in prison. Being a Kairos volunteer is like nothing you've ever experienced. If you've ever thought about prison ministry, this could be your Kairos moment. New ministry teams are forming now. Call 412-368-6691 to find out more. Kairos Prison Ministry, 412-368-6691. The nation's largest Christian music festival, Creation Northeast, celebrating its 40th anniversary, returns to Agape Farm in Mount Union, Pennsylvania, June 27th through the 30th, featuring Toby Bath, for King and Country, Jeremy Camp, Bethel Music, Mandisa, Hillsong Young and Free, Jordan Feliz, a special reunion of classic Petra and more, plus speakers Tony Nolan, Reed Saunders, Keith Adams, Abdu Murray, Vince Vitale and more. Join thousands of believers at Creation Northeast. It will be the highlight of your summer, maybe your life. More info at creationfest.com. Dentistry isn't what it used to be. It's really come a long way. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. The pain management techniques, the comfort that we can offer now really make it a much more pleasant experience. We have a great team. They really help to put a patient at ease. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them on Perry Highway in Wexford at stockfamilydentistry.com. Skies will be becoming mostly cloudy tonight. It'll be rather mild with a shower thunderstorm in some spots. Late tonight, the low 62. Rather cloudy tomorrow. Brazy and not as warm with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. 73. Clearing skies and cooler tomorrow night. Low 52. Then a mix of sun and clouds for Friday with a high of 72 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy for Wednesday, May 9th. This hour, the grilling of CIA Director nominee Gina Haskell. Enough or is it too much? Also this hour... The Southern Baptist Convention, Paige Patterson, and all that mess. Our guest, Jonathan Merritt, award-winning writer on religion, culture, and politics. And also, Man Up Pittsburgh. Our guest, the Reverend Dr. Ed Glover, founder and president of Urban Impact Foundation. Aren't you glad you showed up? Here are John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, thank you, sir, very much. I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad you showed up as well. Mm, Thank you. Sweet. How about uh, one of the... um, most interesting pieces of theater you'll ever see is the occasional confirmation hearings in front of the United States Senate. We were treated to to act one of that today. Mm-hmm. Um, incoming maybe CIA director uh, Gina it? Haspel. Gina Haspel, yes. Who has served the CIA for about I don't 30, know, 30 plus years. years. Right. Most she, of her time working undercover. What an amazing figure. Amazing. Truly, truly she is. I mean, the more you read about her, you kind of go, wow, what an incredible person. So she, Gina Haspel, sat today before various United States senators and had to defend herself and the government of the United States in a very close grilling. It is absurd. It's, it's just, truly absurd. When you see these coconuts, and I, I say that with all due respect because they are U.S. senators, but Senator Coconut, they know so very little, and they are going at this woman as though she is Hezbollah. Uh, you're right. 
I mean, really. You're absolutely right. I cannot I just, believe this. I mean, it does make you wonder, and I've thought this for a while. Do Does the left in America dislike conservatives more or like the enemies of the United States more? That's I what mean, it feels like. I just don't understand. Like, why? Okay, let, okay so we've got a clip. Uh, this is Senator... Uh, Kamala Harris, she's a Democrat of California, uh, grilling the, uh, the uh, what's her name, Gina, Gina Haspel. Gina yeah. Let's just be clear. This hearing is not about the That's incredible the importance of the service and sacrifice of the men and women of the CIA. Of course not, because that would That's not what bad. this hearing is about. Uh, this hearing is not about the importance of the agency's mission. Both of which I wholeheartedly support. All right, that's good. This hearing is about your suitability to be the director of the CIA and in our responsibility to participate in choosing who will be the next director of the CIA. The mission that we have now includes understanding that who we choose will be a signal to the men and women of the agency, to the American people, and to our neighbors around the world about our values as Americans on critical issues that range from our adherence to a rule of law to what we prioritize in terms of professional accountability and what we prioritize in terms of our moral authority as Americans and as a country. So one question I've not heard you answer is do you believe that the previous interrogation techniques were immoral? Here's Gina Haskell. Senator, I believe that CIA officers to whom you referred... It's a yes or no answer. Do you believe the previous interrogation techniques it's not a yes were or no immoral? Answer. I'm not asking do you believe they were legal. I'm asking do you believe they were immoral? Senator, I believe that CIA it's did extraordinary yes no work to prevent another attack on this country given the legal tools that we were authorized Please to Please answer yes or no. See, do you why, why? Why? why do you have to answer yes or no to that? That those techniques were immoral. Senator, what I believe sitting here today is that I support the higher moral standard we have decided to hold ourselves to. Please answer the question. Oh my, okay, Mike. Thank Senator, you. I, I think I just, I've answered I can't the bear question. It. No, you've not. Do you so that's, that's indicative of one senator after another trying to take pot shots at the, the nominee. Now, look, you know, when you would say to people, are you pro torture? Well, of course, who's pro? I'm not exactly, pro torture. Right, right. Who's going to say I'm pro torture? However, when the lives of Americans around the world are threatened and at stake by terrorists, I believe that the CIA was within their rights to try to extract information from these people who are our sworn enemies who would do anything to kill us. Right. Now, is waterboarding a, a wonderful experience? No, of course not. Is it a moral equivalency? No. Should we allow it? No. Right. No, I would say no to all of those things. Exactly. But here's the thing. The senators are asking those questions from the comfort of their chairs in a beautiful room in a city that has food, it has water, where they're under no danger, in no danger uh, whatsoever. 
And they're talking to a woman who has lived her life and served her career in some of the most dangerous places on earth right. with the most dangerous people on earth. You know, so the fact that she's asking for you know a, a moral justification of past CIA behavior is kind of laughable right. to me. In a yes or no I really, narrative. I mean, I mean, this woman, Gina Haspel, uh, up until recently, she was never a desk writer. She was out in the field, right. undercover, and that's one of the complaints about her. Well, we don't know anything about her. Well, that's the whole point. It's the CIA. And I know there's a fine line there because if you let the CIA run wild, then all kinds of crazy stuff is going to happen. I recognize that. But there still has to be a moment of common sense where you think, okay, I'm a senator. Okay, I'm, I've lived here in the lap of luxury and I'm talking to a woman who has sacrificed her safety and put her life in danger more times than any right. of us will ever know. But just, there just has to be some kind of recognition that there are really bad actors in this world. Around the world. And that woman is the woman who's on the front lines against those actors in the exactly. intelligence world. And Kamala Harris is not. And so what will happen is the next time that there is a horrific terrorist attack, whether domestically or internationally, they'll convene some sort of investigation and go, why wasn't the CIA on top of right. this? Why didn't, why they didn't know? you know this information? Right. Well, you know, we were kind of soft on these guys. We right. just figured. We and don't how wanna... do you think that's going to go over with the Senate at that point? Exactly. The Senate's going to be like, how dare you be soft on these right. guys? You're darned supposed if to, you do, darned if you don't. You're supposed to be defending American lives. Right. So you can't win either way. But it's just, it seems, to me, it just seems so cheap. It seems so, you know, it... Uh, it seems so unbelievably closed-minded that you would think that your reality for the last 30 years is the same as Gina Haskell's right. reality for the last 30 years. And, you know, what's interesting is if Gina Haskell, if the CIA, now this, of course, is ridiculous, but if the CIA wore uniforms, if and, and but for all intents and purposes, she's serving the military, right? right? She's, yeah. right so if she was sitting in that, in that chair wearing a military uniform, things would change tremendously. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially the same thing. She's in service right. for the country. So right. why not treat her with respect? Right. Look, I, I'm I not saying that that truth has to change because truth doesn't change. But for people who work in intelligence, they're working on such a close margin between life and death and between, you know, getting information back to the United States or dying. All, I, I just I think that we need to accord a certain level of respect for what it is they have chosen to do. I'm into that. And as a believer, look, you you don't want to kill people. You don't want to hurt people. You know, Guantanamo Bay, that was horrific, granted. But it provided us with security and information that we would not have gotten otherwise. That's the bottom line. It really is. We'll take a break. I can't stand to watch this. Oh, it's rough, I cannot stand it. I watched it. It's just I want to go through the screen. Yep. Hey, Jonathan Merritt's going to join us. He wants to go through the screen. A little more angst coming your way here on The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. Too many of us settle for mediocrity. God calls us to move from spiritual couch potatoes to being active, aggressive, obedient, joyful servants of Christ. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham.
PowerPoint tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Most ordinary gutters last 10 to 15 years. If yours are sagging, cracked, and leaking, it's time to replace them with LeafGuard. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder for good with the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. LeafGuard systems are fabricated on-site by certified professionals and attached directly to the fascia. No sections, no seams, no nails, and come at a variety of colors to match. Most jobs can be done in a single day. Guaranteed to never clog, LeafGuard even earned the good housekeeping seal of approval. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and mention promo code RADIO for the exclusive 99-cent installation and receive a $100 Dining Advantage gift card with your free in-home estimate. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard today. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS for information subject to change without notice. LeafGuard operates as LeafGuard of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania under license number PA126357. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. The question is, what did you get her for Mother's Day? Tom. A socket set? No. Stanley. A vacuum cleaner? No. Michael. Tickets to Ladies Night Out with Amy Barnes? Correct. Tell him what he's won. Michael, you win hero status when you send her and a friend to Ladies Night Out Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church Moon Township. A night of carefree shopping, VIP dining, and side-splitting entertainment with comedian Amy Barnes. Friday, Mother's Day weekend. RSVP now at wordfm.com. I think for the, the average believer, the Christian scandal kind of comes and goes. But for you know, for some people, um, when things happen like we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, it's it goes beyond the average believer, and this goes deep into your your faith and your worldview, and especially your, and. Oftentimes your experience, your right. own personal experience. Exactly. So uh, a man by the name of Paige Patterson, Paige Patterson. Right, who was the head of the Southern Baptist Convention for many years, is no longer the head, but now is the president of one of their flagship seminaries in Fort Worth, Texas. Right. 
um, an audio recording surfaced uh, maybe last from week. 18 years ago. Right, from 18 years ago, uh, where he says that abused wives should avoid divorce, they should pray for their violent husbands, and, quote, be submissive in every way that you can. Right. Now, he went on to say it depends on the level of abuse. Um, he said, but I've never in my ministry counseled anybody to seek a divorce, and I do think that is always wrong counsel. So that has created a major firestorm across Christendom. Here to talk to us about Paige Patterson is Jonathan Merritt. Jonathan's a senior columnist for Religion News Service. He's a contributing writer for The Atlantic. Jonathan, welcome back. Happy to have you here with us, sir. It is so good to be back with you. It's been a little while. It's been, yes. it's been way too long. And let me tell you, you've done great reporting on this story, so thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. So, Jonathan, ironically, when we booked you for this slot, we wanted to talk about the uh, Chick-fil-A's creepy infiltration of New York City. But that seems like three <laughs> three furors ago. So we can't. So we'll put that chicken sandwich on hold, Jonathan. But, but you know, I guess my question, the first question is this Paige Patterson recording was supposedly leaked after 18 years. What who leaked it? And 18 years ago to now, how does that find its way into the cultural mainstream? Well, you know, it's so funny, John, because this is a story now that has been reported multiple times in the Washington Post, in the Atlantic. Uh, there was a story today at Vox.com, the Tennessee and the Chicago Tribune. It's Christianity Today. It is blown up on the Internet. And it is fascinating to me that no one has asked the question you just asked. Oh. Uh, but these uh, these uh, these recordings have actually been out for a number of years. I think for about ten years they were reported on a a church watchdog site uh, called the Wartburg Watch, and uh, which is run by women, which may factor into some of why they never really uh, gathered steam. And uh, in addition to them, sort of being out there, we have the Me Too moment now. Yes. So people were not really as interested 10 years ago in these kinds of conversations, but mm-hmm. now the culture is laser-focused on this. So when I picked up these clips, when I, I first came to learn about them uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when I started to circulate them on social media because I was just aghast at what, was, uh, what I was finding in these clips, that's when they kind of blew up. So I think it's a combination of of, of the moment having shifted from 10 years ago and also having someone who, you know, I have deep Southern Baptist roots and also I think in, in more male-dominated uh, denominations and organizations, they're more able and ready to listen to a male voice like me who comes out and champions these kinds of things and brings them to the fore. I see. Right. I also think, Jonathan, that the the particular portion of the audio recordings that you and others have talked about, but you talked about first, um, when he's when he's relating the story, and this is in his own words, where he's relating the story about the woman who he counseled to stay in a, an abusive marriage, and then she came back to church with two black eyes and said, "Are you happy?" And he said, "Yeah, I am." Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, because your two black eyes have, you know, brought your husband back to church for the first time in five years. You know, that, that's the free Kathy translation of what it was. But I think that was the quote that first captured people's attention. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was a dramatic story. And I think it was dramatic because it's one thing to have a view generally. It's another to yes. have it particularly. It's yeah. another to actually see it in a in a specific situation. So you can say theoretically, you know, I wouldn't counsel divorce, 
But when you get into the particulars and you talk about a woman who she was being hit by her husband, she was sent back into the horror of her home, told to submit, told to pray quietly. Each night when her husband got into bed, she was told to, to slip down next to her bed and to pray quietly, not aloud. And then the next week, you know, she comes in with two black eyes that she wouldn't have had if they had gone to the authorities. And she says to him, well, are you happy now? And he says, quote, very happy. Look, here's your husband. He's, he's come back to church. So there was this kind of feeling that he was, he was allowing women to be sacrificial lambs for the sake of their husbands. And that made a lot of people, including, uh, as you've seen the story develop, Southern Baptist women have been very upset about this as well. Right. Now, the thing is, no one other than divorce lawyers generally are pro-divorce, right? I mean, you want to, and especially from a Christian perspective, you want to keep the marriage together. You want to keep the family together. So it's not as though, you know, people are pointing at uh, Paige Patterson and going, well, yeah, that, well, that makes good sense. You know, you should counsel for the marriage to stay together at all costs. And on the other side, for for women who are speaking out and Christian women who are speaking out and saying, well, this is just bad advice. We, we should be, have divorce in this instance. You, you want to be pro-marriage here. And I I think that gets kind of lost in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think this really is a conversation not about divorce, but about abuse. And in removing, a, you know, you can say to someone, we need to get you, priority one is get you into a safe place, notify the authorities. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, actually, this is a legal obligation. If you're a pastor and you're listening to this, this is important for you to know, because a lot of states now have mandatory reporting laws, which means if someone comes to you, no matter what your theology is, if they say, I am being abused in this relationship, you're legally required to report those uh, reports to the authorities. Hmm. And if you're not, you're not just giving bad counsel, you're actually an accessory to a crime. And, and I think a lot of pastors don't even realize that. Mm-hmm. We're talking to award-winning journalist Jonathan Merritt, who writes for the Religion News Service and also for The Atlantic. Um, Jonathan, what about the idea, you know, John and I have talked about this from an outsider's perspective because this isn't our denomination. We're a part of the church, the capital C church, but at the same time, I think, you know, I want to give some respect to the Southern Baptist family for trying to, you know, deal with their own issues. Um, I think there was a, a, a tide that turned when um, when noted Bible teacher Beth Moore came out yep. and uh, penned a, a, a beautifully written, um, well-worded, well-reasoned, um, heartfelt letter uh, on behalf of women in the Southern Baptist Church. Maybe not be on behalf of, but I would say as a Southern Baptist woman. Can you talk about um, what that's done for this conversation? Mm-hmm. Yep, you're, you, you're, you're really reading this, both of you reading this situation very well. That sort of was the turning point or the linchpin moment. I mean, yes, it's gotten coverage in the mainstream press, but when one of our own, somebody who has impeccable character like Beth Moore comes out and writes a post like that, it is substantial. She said in the post that this is really something that she hoped would come out on her deathbed, but because of these events, she needed to share it now. And she told a history uh, throughout her career in a male-dominated Christian circles of being belittled, being overlooked, being in cars and not being spoken to, jokes about uh, her abilities to be a a capable Bible teacher. There was even a comment from a a theologian about her appearance, that she was prettier than this other male Bible teacher. So some of these kind of sexist, misogynistic things that if you followed Beth Moore, and and hundreds of thousands of women have, you're just not even aware of what she's had to endure. And what she was trying to bring up in this conversation is, 
is that this is not just one leader. It's not just a conversation of abuse that, that we really need within the church to have difficult conversations, the kind of conversations that secular culture is having, and we need to have them quickly. And I think that's something that's interesting, because if, if a leader, a CEO, I'm, I'm here in New York City joining you today, if a CEO on Wall Street said the things that Paige Patterson had said, he would have been gone immediately. And yet, Paige Patterson still stands, he's still the president of his seminary, and we're the ones who say that we have these strong moral compasses, the strong moral law revealed in the Bible, and I think there are a lot of Christians who are wondering, why can we not act faster than Hollywood or Wall Street or Madison Avenue would act? Right. But then, Jonathan, it goes back to many denominations where women are not brought to the table of leadership or in service of the greater church, right? Where women are minimized in many ways, where the men lead and the women serve. Yeah, and there are people making arguments right now uh, that... If you hold to what's called a complementarian theology, which is that women and men have different roles, that men are the leaders in the church, in the home, uh, in some cases in society, that that kind of theology leads to this kind of bad behavior. I don't believe that that's true. I mean, I have family members who are complementarians. I have good friends who are complementarians. They would never tolerate this sort of thing. But it is making, it is leading, lending credence to, to more progressive arguments that the theology itself is broken. And that's why I think that the Southern Baptist Convention must act, because mm-hmm. it, 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 it provides a defense that you can hold to these conservative views of gender and, and not open the door for things like spousal abuse. Jonathan Mayer currently serves as contributing writer for The Atlantic, contributing editor for The Week, and senior columnist for Religion News Service. Uh, Jonathan, I want to go back to something you said about the fact that if uh, if Paige Patterson was the head of a Madison Avenue company, he'd be gone by now. But because he's the the head of a seminary, we're going to you know take all this time and you know try to figure it out. It, I think there's something pernicious here we also need to talk about, in addition to issues of gender and issues of abuse, is that in the church. Just looking at the Sovereign Grace Ministry scandal, which has been going on for years, um, there's a resistance in the church for us to apply or or to submit ourselves to civil law. And that's very disturbing to me and should be disturbing to every person who, who loves our country but also loves the Word of God. I mean, the law was given to us for our protection, and the fact that somehow we're putting ourselves up as some sort of moral arbiter, no, 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 we'll work this out in our church and not submit someone who's clearly at fault to the civil authorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, that was one, another set of comments. There's been a number of comments that have come out now. 1997, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Paige Patterson was asked about women. He said, I think everyone should own at least one. Uh, there was a 2010 comment that came out where he talked about this, and he said, uh, we need to keep these things in the church. You shouldn't go to the courts. And uh, he's not the only leader to do that. John Piper had got into some trouble a few years ago for saying the same thing. Keep it in the church. Don't take it to legal authorities. In many cases, that will that'll implicate people in the crime, as we mentioned before. But what I don't understand is, is these Christian communities tend to have, particularly conservative Christian communities, tend to have a high regard for the rule of law. Mm-hmm. That's right. and, and you would think that they would be bringing that into a conversation like this. Most of them have not. But I do think you bring up a good point. Why are we not having a conversation about the rule of law, which we believe is given by God for our protection? Right. So, Jonathan, just with a minute or so left, uh, hard to sort of crystal ball this, but where do you see this leading? How does this uh, evolve? 
Well, uh, my, if I had to predict, I would say it's difficult to see uh, how he will survive this. You now have uh, almost 3,000 Southern Baptist women have signed a petition at swbtsletter.com uh, asking for his removal. Uh, new mainstream media articles have come out today. The Board of Trustees will meet on the 22nd. And, of course, you have the Southern Baptist Convention coming up where he will speak. My guess is he will not speak at the convention and more than likely he'll be asked to uh, resign his post. If not, I think the Southern Baptist Convention is going to find itself in a very, very difficult position, finding it out of step with a culture that has said enough is enough when it comes to harassing and failing to protect women who are in difficult situations. Jonathan, again, you've done excellent work on this and many other issues. Thank you for being with us, and thanks for your good work. My pleasure. Pleasure is ours. Jonathan Merritt, Senior Columnist, Religion News Service. Contributing writer for The Atlantic. We'll take a quick break and come back. Stick around. we got a lot more ahead. Uh, Billy Joel? Yeah, why not? We'll talk about Billy Joel and his birthday. It's his birthday. Individual results may vary. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He had trouble making friends, having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. I feel like all I did was yell at my kid all day. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different life. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. Most ordinary gutters last 10 to 15 years. If yours are sagging, cracked, and leaking, it's time to replace them with LeafGuard. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder for good with the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. LeafGuard systems are fabricated on-site by by certified professionals and attached directly to the fascia. No sections, no seams, no nails, and come in a variety of colors to match. Most jobs can be done in a single day. Guaranteed to never clog, LeafGuard even earned the good housekeeping seal of approval. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and mention promo code RADIO for the exclusive 99-cent installation and receive a $100 Dining Advantage gift card with your free in-home estimate. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard today. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS for information subject to change without notice. LeafGuard operates as LeafGuard of Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania under license number PA126357. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. The downside to having good children are the bumper stickers. Mother's Day weekend, Word FM presents Ladies' Night Out with comedian Amy Barnes. They come home with a bumper sticker for everything they do, and then they get really hurt if you don't want to put it on your car. Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church in Moon Township. I'm like, honey, I wanted to put it someplace where I was going to see it all the time because I'm so proud of you. I almost never see the back of the car. With shopping and dinner before the show. Four or five times a day, I look at the bottom of my purse. Look, there it is. Get VIP tickets now at wordfm.com. 
skies will be becoming mostly cloudy tonight. It'll be rather mild with a shower thunderstorm in some spots. Late tonight, the low 62. Rather cloudy tomorrow. Brazy and not as warm with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. 73. Clearing skies and cooler tomorrow night. Low 52. Then a mix of sun and clouds for Friday with a high of 72 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. my favorite Billy Joel songs. It is. It's a great song. Billy Joel turns 69 today. 69 years old, Billy Joel. What a songwriter, right? I mean, just fabulous. He's one of my all-time favorites. Is he really? Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. Did I you love know him. that, Mike? Yeah. Nope. I, I remember I remember the first time I heard, in 1973, Piano Man. Wow, that's a great song. That's oh, a great it song. It is a great song. It's been played like within an inch of its times. life, but, but it's a great song. That's a fabulous yeah. album. A great song. And then he followed it up with um, Streetlight Serenader, uh, Turnstiles, which are sort of underknown uh, in his you know discography. Just one after another. I mean, just outstanding. I never, I did not know that, oh, didn't you? that you, no. Oh, yeah. I didn't know I'm you were a big fan. fan of Billy Joel. Okay, so I was not a big fan of Billy Joel. Weren't you? Only because <laughs> he was overplayed by the time you no, came to music. No, I. Absolutely despise the song "Only the Good Die Young." I hate the the lyrics to that are horrible, and it really bothered me as a kid. So it kept you away. Yeah, it did. Uh-huh. It really. I get that. Sure. Um, I hate that song, and um, and it just gave it just made me think that his perspective of girls and women was completely rotten. Yeah, um, and maybe it is. I don't know anything. Well, about he's been Billy married Joel. four times, <laughs> so maybe yes. I mean, just saying. Has he really been married four times? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, John, have you ever been to a Billy Joel concert? Oh, many, many times. Have I you? I, I, oh, yeah. I bet you I've, been, I've seen Billy Joel at least five times. What? Yeah, I think he's amazing in concert. He, he is, is amazing. He in is. Concert. I, I yeah. saw him once. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can remember the first time I saw him at the Civic Arena. It was probably 1976, and uh, he started out. It was cool. The house lights were up, and then all of a sudden they started to fade, and he started to play. Um, uh, Billy the Kid, hmm. the music intro to that song, and the crowd just went crazy. I mean, my kids have seen Billy Joel. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, okay. So I, I will say though that um, the older I've gotten, the I mean, I never his talent was never in dispute. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? He's just he's a tremendous songwriter. He's a tremendous Pianist. tremendous piano player. Shoot. I heard him talk one time about how much resentment he had toward his mom when he was growing up. Really? Because she he always wanted to be out playing with his friends, and his mom would say, "You have to practice your piano first. And he said, "Man." Once he recorded his first record, he was like, Ma, I am super sorry. Made him a millionaire <laughs> many times over. Yeah, so blistering. I mean, blistering on the piano. What I was sort of like, you know, fantasize about walking into a bar somewhere and Billy Joel is this unknown guy mm-hmm. playing piano right. at the bar. Yeah, and you're thinking, who the heck Heck's is that? Right. right. So when we, when we go out, let's play this song. This is the opening. Listen to this piano.
101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are you ready to die? The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that one of Satan's ways to keep people in bondage is through the fear of death. If you're still afraid to die, it means two things. You're afraid of the power of death and the devil and that you don't really understand what Jesus Christ did for you. Find out why your faith will set you free when you join Adrian Rogers for his Champions of Faith study this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Okay, so the big question for any decision you're going to make, is this actually going to work? Well, if you've heard about MediShare, which is a brilliant way of sharing health care costs, you may have wondered that. Does it work? Well, so did Dr. Stuart Hoover, who initially joined to save a lot of money. The typical family saves about $500 a month. Stuart saved even more. When we first joined uh, MediShare, we were immediately going from a little over $1,600 a month down to uh, $460 basically a month. So that's wonderful, but then his wife needed emergency surgery, and the bills added up to $160,000. So we were seeing the bills coming in, and then the bills were being paid. Portions were being shared, and the end result of this is this bill was taken care of. Yes, MediShare works, and it's so easy to get your questions answered, too. So why not? You can call right now, 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Hi, this is John Hall. How'd you sleep last night? I slept good, real good. Last night, I fell asleep fast. Then I dreamt about tropical beaches, little puppies, a mountain of candy, and steak. I mean, that's a really good night's sleep. And I woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's all thanks to my pillow, And that same great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go. Right now, inventor Mike Lindell is offering his four-pack special for Word FM listeners. Get two full-size MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows so there's no excuse not to get a good night's sleep wherever you go. Plus, the machine washable and dryable and are backed by MyPillow's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just call 1-800-961-9207 and use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls return within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Do you dream of owning your own home? Dollar Bank's free Mortgages for Mothers workshop can show you how to break the rent cycle. You'll learn the right way to home ownership with a plan to strengthen your savings and create less debt. You can even get help with restoring bad credit. Join Lynn Hayes Freeland and Dollar Bank at the free Mortgages for Mothers Home Buying Workshop, Saturday, May 19th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Child care will be available. To register, visit mortgagesformothers.com today. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. It's time once again for Man Up. He's coming to Victory Family Church in Cranberry, Saturday, June 9th. Here to talk to us about Man Up is Ed Glover. Ed is the founder, the president of Urban Impact Foundation. Ed, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? 
It's really, I'm doing great, John. How are you? I can't complain at all. Happy that you're coming once again to do Man Up, Ed. How many years has Man Up been going on? Five. This will be our sixth. So it's our fifth anniversary. We're going to talk, talk all about how God has really made an impact in the last five years in our city. It's going to be a pretty exciting day. Outstanding. Okay, Ed, yeah. I know your story about the early days of you and Tammy living on the north side. Tell our audience that story of what that was like for you. And we moved in in 1986. We went and renovated an apartment. That's a long story. <laughs> then we eventually went around and renovated a home on a street where four out of five homes were boarded up or unoccupied. We were part of Allegheny Satellite's Church at that time. I was a pastor, an outreach pastor, so we were trying to reach out into the community because the church at that time was about 500 people, but only six people from the community went to the church there. So Tammy and I moved in because we knew that God didn't, you know, the Lord Jesus didn't come down one day a week and then shoot back up to heaven for the next six. He came down and dwelt among us, you know, up close and personal. So Tammy and I knew in order for us to reach that community, we had to live in the midst of them, you know, up close and personal. So we moved on to the street because that's the neighborhood at that time. Yeah. And then uh, about six years into the ministry, I walked out of my house and my car was stolen for the third time. And I was talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, am I wasting my time? Can we make any kind of a difference here? And that's when the Lord gave this thought to me. He said, Ed, how do you eat an elephant? I said, one bite at a time. He said, yep. And he took my mind and helped me to see if he could impact one person, then one family, then one block. We could transform the community. And that's when Urban Impact Foundation was born. And then Tammy and I, with the support of Allegheny Center, we went out and started Urban Impact and started raising our support, and here we are today. Outstanding. So, Ed, talk about this. I mean, when you look at what goes on in in most guys' lives today, that, you know, fatherlessness is an epidemic. You know, most people, most young men today don't have someone who they can talk to, who they can be strong with. No no guys, they're learning lessons of what it is to be a man. And that's really where Urban Impact and Man Up essentially is trying to bridge that gap, right? That's right. And. I have found, after doing this for five years, and I've told you the story where I didn't want to do it, I needed another thing to do, like a hole in the head, and the Lord basically told me, no, this is what you're going to do. I didn't realize what I had been doing for years was impacting fatherless kids, and and that was an eye-opener for me. So I'm finding that more and more guys today, as we try to impact fatherless kids, the men themselves, I'm talking from young and old alike. It doesn't matter where you're from, where you live, here in our, in our culture here in America today, guys are struggling. I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, the world's changing, the culture's changing, whether you're a grandfather trying to figure out how you're going to talk to your grandkids, whether you're, you're, you're a man raising up teenagers today, whether you're a guy that's hoping to have a family today, people are struggling about how in the world am I going to raise a kid and raise a family in this culture today. I need some help. So that's what we're, we're there. We're there to encourage, not to beat people up, but to build them up and to inspire them, motivate them, equip them, so that men can impact their families, love God, love their wives, love their kids, and impact their community, and impact the fatherless in the city of Pittsburgh. And we're building that gap, bringing, bringing that, building that bridge to that gap right there, from, from out in the rural areas to suburban areas into the city, 
trying to build all those bridges to all three of those type of communities. We're well, doing a great job. June 9th, Victory Family Church in Cranberry, the 6th Annual Man Up. Look for it online right now and register manuppittsburgh.org, manuppittsburgh.org. Ed Glover's with us. Ed, you know, I, I think in, in all lives, right, uh, for, for men, it's one thing to have that that father figure or for a lot of guys like we talked about, the, the lack of the father figure. But even as men grow from childhood into adolescence into young man to manhood i think it's important for all men to have one guy two guys three guys to have that circle of guys right iron sharpening iron where are you how's your prayer life what's going on in your marriage you meet with guys on a weekly or a monthly basis and you look each other in the eye and you tell the truth in many ways that's a foundation that's further down the road for a lot of guys but it's also important isn't it, it absolutely john you nailed it right there and i I personally believe that the lineup that I have this year is the one of the best lineups we've ever had. I mean, the breakout speakers are fantastic. Uh, the, the the keynote speakers, everybody's there, and they're really touch. They're itching where people are itching today. And let me let me share this with you. We're going to be talking about how to keep grand back into grandfather. When you talk about older guys reaching down to the younger guys, iron sharpening iron. I mean, today we're going to be talking about that. How, how is a grandfather supposed to really impact their grandkids today? Yeah. We're going to be talking about being that spiritual leader in, the, in, in their family, about how to raise a daughter. You know, it's not too late to raise teenagers. We're going to be talking about uh, be a strongman competition, be the man of, of the home and, and impacting your community. And we got Bruce Bickle back this year, ministering within the modern, modern world place. How do you be a godly man in the business world? and really make an impact. I mean, I can go on and on, but the breakouts are fantastic this year, and I encourage all the guys out there. And I would like to encourage all the women, by the way, that I really, people ask me this, and I'll tell you, John, one of the main reasons why we're doing this is for the ladies. We really are. We're trying to help the women. Yeah. Because we believe if we can impact your man, if we can impact your young man, your kids in your home, help them to love God, love you, and love their kids, that's a blessing to you. So I, I would encourage it's right around Father's Day, John. It, it, you know, it's you know this year and June 9th is right around the corner, and then Father's Day comes out. I'm asking all the ladies, put your get your guys lined up, get your guys registered, get them out there. We'll bless them so that they can bless you. Outstanding. Ed, thanks a lot for being with us today. Thank you, brother. Ed Glover. He's Urban Impact. Listen, check out Man Up. If you've not been there in the past, make it this year, the sixth annual first time that you're there. If you've been there in the past, go again because you know that iron sharpening iron, how it changed your life. Online right now, manuppittsburgh.org, June 9th to Saturday. Registration starts around 7.30, ends around 8.30. Then at 8.30, it kicks off. Mike Tomlin from the Steelers is going to be there. Tunch Okin, a lot of different guys. And there's breakout sessions. Please go. Check it out. Men go. Ladies, encourage your guy to go. Manuppittsburgh.org. Commence Exxon and Mobile field test. Scientists observed Subject A at station refueling with Synergy gasoline. Available in three grades and meticulously engineered to help protect your engine from deposits while giving you better gas mileage. Clearly, Subject A is intelligent. Maybe Subject A wants to get a burger and be best friends. Subject A is leaving. Conclusion? Synergy gasoline gives you better gas mileage, and Subject A is a maybe for burgers and best friends. Exxon and Mobile. Energy lives here. 
Fuel economy claims are compared with gasoline meeting minimum government standards. Results will vary. Visit exxon.com or mobile.com for details. Hi, this is Tun Shokin. Kick off your Memorial Day weekend with me and my good buddy Craig Wolfley on Saturday, May 26th at the Great Lawn across from Heinz Field for our 16th annual Walk for the Homeless. The fun begins at 8 a.m. and ends with lunch and festivities. Money raised that day will benefit Light of Life Rescue Mission, an organization that provides food, shelter, and hope for Pittsburgh's homeless and hurting. There are many ways to get involved, form a team to walk, become a business sponsor, or volunteer. For more information, visit lightoflife.org or call 412-258-6128. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid growing up, I spent time at the YMCA. And I think uh, I'm not alone. Um, hundreds and hundreds, if not millions, of guys, their lives were transformed by the work that the YMCA has done, not only locally, but across the world. Well, bad news here, because the YMCA of Greater Pittsburgh has filed for bankruptcy. This is uh, from today's Post-Gazette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Mamula has uh, written this article. So the YMCA has filed for bankruptcy, seeking protection from creditors while the downtown-based nonprofit reorganizes. At a press conference yesterday, officials said the downtown locations on Fifth Avenue will close June 8th as part of the agency's financial reorganization. The plan apparently is to transition an unspecified number of employees to other branches. Now, this is interesting. The YMCA locally, downtown, employs 100 people. 90 of them are just part-time. Part-time. So uh, the Delmont branch at, um, uh, of the YMCA is going to close June 29th, and I'm sure there will be many other YMCAs across the area as the YMCA gets their house in order. Right. That's sad. You know, my um, my husband's grandfather worked for the YMCA his entire career. Wow. And I was happy to be up at the uh, Butler County YMCA oh, you on Good Friday there, right? for their Good Friday breakfast, right? So I love the YMCA. Um, so... It's really sad news. I hope, I mean, the whole, the whole goal of U.S. bankruptcy laws is that they give a company a chance to reorganize and succeed. And so I can only hope that's the case for the YMCA. Um, another story of interest from the Trib yesterday uh, by Teresa Clift about, um, Amazon's visit. To Pittsburgh. We still don't know. Where Amazon is going to choose, you know, what 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 country or what country? That'll be the United States of America. I think we know what country it's going to choose. How about what city in the country um, it's going to choose? But uh, Teresa Clift wrote this article. Was an interview with uh, Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald, and he talked about the visit that Amazon did uh, when they came to Pittsburgh. He said that it happened either in February, in March, or in April. Mm, He would not narrow it down. But he did say that they didn't ask very many questions about the incentives that Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania was offering. But instead, they asked questions about everything from bike lanes and coffee shops to how many engineers Carnegie Mellon University graduates each year. Okay, He said uh, the questions are more about how much does it cost to buy a house here? How long's your commute if you live in Mount Lebanon or in Lawrenceville? What kind, what type of access and transit do you have here? 
Not very good. I'll tell you that. Uh, how many engineers does CMU graduate every year or Pitt or Penn State? Mm-hmm. What's the talent pipeline here? Um, what do we have to pay in salaries to compete with Google and Facebook and Apple? What's the restaurant scene like for young people? A plus. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. How many coffee shops? Like 100,000. Coffee shops? Well, and, who cares? wait, bike lanes were big. Bike lanes. The, what? We got a lot of bike lanes, which makes so me laugh. I am so sick of the bike lanes. Funny. Oh, I mean... I'm pro bike Come lane. Come on. I mean, I, I was riding a Come bike. Come on. Come on. Listen, wait a second. I, I was riding a bike around Pittsburgh when I was a kid. There was no such thing as a bike no. lane. So you took your life. In you know, your hands. Of course you did. Now, with all the bike lanes around, you still take your life in your hands. Because they're ridiculous. Well, they are kind of ridiculous. I mean, the I, one on Penn Avenue in the Strip is just, ridiculous. I can't even stand the. However, I mean, look, I've seen two bicycle fatalities. I'm not saying there aren't bicycle fatalities. I'm, it's, it's a horrible thing. I'm just saying is. that I'll, I, I know this is unpopular. I know I'm crazy. I mean, I love my bike. I love biking. I think that biking in the city is a little crazy. It's, I do. It's a little risky. I do. Give you that. I just. But what are you going to do? I would what, never your, ride my bike in well, the city. That's just no you. way. But if you I live know in the city. You want to ride your bike I, in the city? Do you really? Yes. Do you need to ride your bike yes, in the you city. Do. Yes, I don't you know. do. I don't know if you need to ride your bike in yes, the city. Yes, you do. Go ride in Shenley Park. Why no, do you have no, to ride no. on Fifth Avenue? Why do you have to ride on Liberty Avenue? Let's reduce or Penn cars, Avenue in the Strip District. Reduce congestion of cars. Get on your bike. Okay. They don't pollute. How many people who are biking are biking to work? That's my question. I bet like. Two percent. So no, we less, stop that's that? way too high. I, I bet it's like point two percent. Here's the deal. I used to ride with my bike with my kids, and it's a dangerous thing. What are you going to do? You, I, I'll, I'll, I got to put go my bike to South Park. No, no, go no, to no. North Park and ride a bike. I want to drive out of my driveway and go have, down the street and go, ride my bike around the neighborhood. Look at all the, the trails we have all around Pittsburgh. Go to the North Side Trail. Go to the South Side I don't Trail. Do that. Go to the Jail Trail. I want to ride my neighborhood, and I want to ride. Well, it's around your neighborhood, but why do you want to ride around the city? Same thing. Right, it's thrilling to ride around the city. Yeah, thrilling. Like you're about it's to dangerous. die. That's how thrilling it is. Okay, Look, what? when when you're come when you're on 16th Street, and you're you're like looking at the 16th Street Bridge, and you're you're at the light at Penn Avenue. Yeah. How many people? I I mean, I'm at the strip every Friday, so I, know, I have like I, know. A, I have a front row seat to this. How many people go to turn left on Penn Avenue and and almost crash because there's a huge bike lane right. there? That let me say when I'm there on Friday. Nobody's ever in. Here's the deal. Look, Nobody's ever in. Like all things, there's a learning curve. So we are first generation. Look, in many other cities, there have been bike lanes I'm, for decades. I know we're going to be so, like all the great European so cities. So here we are, That's the bunch Americans of Yinzers just learning proper yeah, bike safety. Yeah, we're, such, we're dumb Yinzers who can't figure out how no, to operate I'm a bike saying, in a city. I'm just saying it's you know first generation. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My, I'm just saying. John's wrong. No, That's no, all it is. no. I'm not. I'm not wrong. I'm right about this. <laughs> I'm. I'm definitely right about. Are this. you definitely right? I know I am. Okay, Mike. No, come on. That's annoying to me. Okay, <laughs> right? Because it's making him think that maybe there's no. I'm saying wrong you. About bike lanes. Look, I get the overkill. You know, Mayor Peduto, all that backlash. I right. get all Do that. Do we need to be just like you? Yeah, but look, when you what, you want to ride a bike safely, you don't want to get killed on a bike. You want to go ride with your kids on I a bike. Agree. All that. It I just do takes all a, those things. It's a learning. Curve. I do all these things. I just do them on a trail. That's you. Okay. That's all. That's all right. what I'm saying. However, for, let's go back to this. Why would it matter to this multi-billion dollar corporation? About bike lanes. Let's talk about this. Are you pro 
or con Amazon coming to Pittsburgh? I don't know. I'm con. Okay, and I was pro at first. I'm not. I thought you were wrong about that too. I but am again, not. like many things, I've had to come around to acknowledge the point of your position, though you are wrong on bike lanes. <laughs> I. I'm 100% but correct I, on bike I'm lanes. starting to worry about Amazon now. Of course you are, because believe me, from the early stages of this, I thought Pittsburgh had a heck of a good shot at this. And as we go on, I still think we've got a good shot at okay, this. Okay, what if, okay, so you, you, you would, you don't want Amazon do to come. I do not want okay. Amazon to come. What, here. if Amazon comes, what if they say the reason they came were the bike lanes? Oh my gosh. Are you going to have to repent? Maybe I will. I'll st- if that happens, I'll stand with a cup of coffee in the middle of Penn Avenue and kneel down and apologize. I still can't imagine Pittsburgh would get it. I, I mean, uh, there's. Have you seen the other bids from the other cities? Yeah. I mean, like, why would you go? I mean, look at what look at Pittsburgh. Denver has to offer. Look at our cost look of what living. Washington D.C. has to offer. We're going to give at North these Carolina. guys just, the city. I don't know. We're going to give away the city, look and at, it's going to change the city forever, I don't and not in a good way. I don't think it's going to be us. I think. I don't think it is. If I'm betting, which I'm not. If I'm betting, I would bet Pittsburgh. No. I would. I bet it goes. I mean, look at I felt that way from New the York very, City. very beginning. Look at Boston. No way, New York City. Oh, yeah. Or Boston. No. Way I, too big. Look, when you've got Carnegie okay, Mellon what about, in what the about pipeline. Nashville? Nope. I don't now, think so. I've been, I've been to Nashville recently. They've got all of these sorts of things that Amazon's lanes? talking about. What about what? Bike, bike lanes. lanes. <laughs> Come on. So, you're just Stir such an instigator, here. Mike. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. Amazon Corporation is looking for a site at which to build a... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.